I'm going to curse right up the top. What am I seeing? Oh, my God. Nick, they arrested the leader of Wakanda for trying to withdraw his own money at the bank. Oh, my God. Inflation is at a 40-year high again. Holy smokes. What? You can rape and buy your way out of it for $17 million? Man, this Oculus is phenomenal. This metaverse is amazing, Nick. Of course, this isn't the metaverse. This is the real world, folks. I am Gerardo Del Real, along with my co-host, Mr. Nick Hodge. This is episode 160 of Bizarro World. How are you, Nick? I'm doing well, Gerardo. Only 17 million. Only 17 million, and you can rape and pillage, and uh, I don't know if he's got his titles back, but uh, go Prince Andrew. I guess that's the price to rape nowadays. That's the going fee. I mean, only if you're a prince, of course, right? I'm sure you can you can get away with uh, much cheaper rapes um, out there. Um, and if you're in Missouri and you happen to get pregnant by one of these creeps, um, and, and, you know, they don't go to prison and they, 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 they don't get arrested and there's no formal charges and there's never a record of these sexual predators and you're impregnated as a woman. Well, in Missouri, there's a lawmaker that not only doesn't want you to have an abortion, she wants to make sure you can't go to any other state and have one. We'll talk about that a little bit. Um, yeah, it's, uh, you know, I wish it was, um, in, in the metaverse. That's, that's the real world that we're living in right now, folks. That was all this past week. So a lot going on. How are you, Nick? Um, Trying to keep up, Gerardo. The markets uh, have been crazy. Um, as you said, there's a lot going on in the world. Uh, had a chance to talk to some people from some other industries. Uh, they're feeling the same way about uh, shortages and the prolonged state of chaotic affairs. And so uh, I think it's weighing on uh, everybody in different ways. I'm, I'm hanging in there the best I can. How are you doing? I'm, 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 I'm well. It's been... An interesting week. I, 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 let's start off with some good news. Breaking news. Baseball is back. Everyone knows I'm a diehard Cub fan. I'm a Chicago kid at art. It's where a ton of my family is. We go back every year. I was fearful that they would cancel the season if an agreement between the players union and the league owners wasn't reached. It was reached just 20 minutes ago. We, of course, record on Thursday. And so excited to get back to Wrigley. I missed it last year. Um, so yeah, a little positive news to start our, our, our therapy session with. What was the breakthrough? Um, a, a number of breakthroughs and it was actually pretty complex negotiations. You know, there were, there were many parts. Uh, one part was the league minimum for, you know, basically newer players or players that are coming up from the minor leagues. Like what are they going to be making? What's that league minimum? There was also a discussion about the international draft as it relates to foreign players and how they could be approached and how they couldn't be approached. And, whether or not they would be allowed to be incentivized the way they had been in the past. And so, you know, there's a, there, there's two school of schools of thought there, you know, in, in, in Puerto Rico and Mexico and the Dominican Republic where so much great young talent comes out, there's baseball camps set up since, you know, seven, eight, nine years old. And there's go-to scouts that set up these camps. And, you know, the, the, the downside is, these scouts end up managing these young players at a very early age and taking a portion of their earnings if they ever do make it. But the upside is who else is going to do it if there is no opportunity provided for these great players to break through and, 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 and get seen. And so the, 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 there was a lot of debate about how that was going to be approached and what was going to be allowed and not allowed. And, you know, the players, the players did well sticking together on that front and, and allowing those players to be, you know, compensated, to be, allowed to participate in these camps, to be allowed um, in, in, in a transparent way to, to, to develop and hone their skills, which they should be, right? And so it's, it's tough enough coming from a place where there's few opportunities. And so, um, yeah, a, a couple of other things, a couple of, you know, rule changes, but they agreed. So I'm happy baseball's back. There you go. Uh, spring training starting soon then. It is uh, March the 18th, and I believe the first uh, games of the season are April the 7th. So looking forward to a summer at Wrigley Field with my boys and the wife. It's March Madness as well. I've got to set up our company <clears throat> pool. Not that we wager any money on it. Of our course. completely legal non-betting company pool. Did you see? We're just gonna start. We're just gonna talk this week as we as we do every week. Did you see? Um, I believe the guy's name was Calvin Ridley. It was a wide receiver on a football team. No, no, it was I saw someone was maybe betting. Was that him? Yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah, the guy is hilarious on Twitter, by the way. So Calvin Ridley is a wide receiver for the Falcons, and um, he was injured last year. 
And so while he was injured, he was bored at home. This dumbass gets on his own phone with, with his own, you know, a trading account, betting account uh, at DraftKings. And, and he bets 1500 bucks on his team, right? And I don't know if he won or not even, but the league found out. Somebody told. And actually, no, I know who told. DraftKings told. They, 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 you know, he's a football player. He's registered. He can't be betting on games. So they told the league, hey, this guy bet 1500 bucks. And they suspended him for a year, and he's losing $10 million as a result. For a $1,500 bet. For a $1,500 bet. And so he tweeted when the suspension came down. He said, one year? He goes, it was $1,500. I did it one time. I promise I don't have a gambling problem. <laughs> Let saw. me back <laughs> Well, $10 million is nothing compared to the market cap that DraftKings <laughs> has lost. It's a, it's a whole interesting phenomenon, right? So... Um, and it's going to become part of the podcast now. So, you know, a couple of years ago, there started to be deals going around as betting started to open up, right? Because we got to a place where different states were having uh, different laws or opening up to gambling. And then we had the whole Dave Portnoy phenomenon, right? Mm -hmm. With, um, you know, Penn Gaming and such. And um, now the league even caters to the, to the gambling, right? Showing you whatever certain stats or, or bets or odds of certain things. And so it's another way to monetize, which of course the leagues ultimately uh, you would think want, right? Because mm -hmm. it's more to the bottom line. And so uh, it's all very interesting. But DraftKings itself has absolutely eaten dog shit. I mean, a one-year chart goes down. <laughs> down the technical term, everybody. <laughs> down and to the right from 72 bucks to it's trading at $18 today. Ooh. So. Those are not inflation profits. Uh, no, a nasty spill, right? And, you know, it's just interesting how that's getting integrated into the um, whatever culture of sports and how some people like it and, and some people don't. They think it, it dilutes the game. They think that's, you know, not the point of it. And it's all just very fascinating to me as a non, well, a non-sports geek and a, and a, and a non-betor, right? I never understood the gambling, but... Um, uh, I know a lot of people uh, who are into it, right? And spend a lot of time, you know, researching and will have uh, spirited debates about uh, whatever the quarterback from 1987 for this team or the pitcher from, from this team and, and who's better um, and, and know that stuff and, 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 and use that to, to bet. And now you're going to hear the downside, right? Um, when you, for me, I could spend more time researching things that, I could in, invest in or um, quote unquote a wager on in the, the markets that might have a, a better payoff. And so anyway, I always, uh, I'm not sure how I got to this point in the discussion, but when I, when I find myself in those discussions it's bizarre world. Uh, uh, about, the, about the sports <laughs> and stuff, I just find myself kind of, kind of lost. Right. But um, there's uh, money there to be had. And do you bet on, do you like to bet on the games? I don't, you know, I grew up in a household where my dad was a, 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 a big gambler, right? Um, you know, my story, my grandparents came to this country. Dad worked his behind off, as did mom. Dad also had a pretty mean drinking and a gambling habit as a kid, right? Doesn't drink, doesn't gamble anymore, but boy, he had a good run. <laughs> and so I learned from a very early age um, that gambling was not something that I probably um, should be around. I probably have an addictive personality. If I like something, I tend to go all out, whether that's, you know, boxing or fitness or the markets or my family, whatever it may be, right? I, I, I tend to be very addictive personality with things. And so I, I try to stay away from things that probably aren't the healthiest for me, right? Uh, a couple of glasses of wine and some vodka sodas is probably my worst vice, I would say. Other than that, it's pretty solid all the way around. But, um, yeah, so no, no gambling for me. I've I've never ever ever dabbled. I couldn't, you know. My wife could could can play cards, and she laughs at me because I, I I don't know a card game me either. Um, at all, right? <laughs> I, I shot some craps as a kid, um, you know, in, in Chicago. That's that's about it. Did that a couple of times, but never gambling, never with real money. No. Yeah, same with me. I don't know the games either. Yeah, let's uh, let's talk markets. You know, we're ten minutes into it. Um, the nickel market is broken. Um, the LME decided to shut down the exchange. I don't know if people are aware, but there was a tin crisis in, in 1985 where they shut the market down for four years. Oh, wow. 
And so I'm, you know, I'd like to think I'm a capitalist at heart. You know, I'm, I lean libertarian um, on, 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 you know, the financial end of it. I, I, I tend to be a, a, a true to the definition capitalist. I believe in price discovery. I believe in allowing businesses to fail. I believe in upward mobility. I believe in working hard and accountability. Why are we shutting down exchanges and canceling trades because somebody bet the wrong way? This is a great segue from our DraftKings conversation. Imagine if you placed a bet, Nick, the bet of your career, the bet of your life, and you won that bet, right? Nickel soared over 250% in a matter of a couple of days, and you go to collect. And this asshole, chief executive Matt Chamberlain, says that the exchange had to cancel trades or several brokers would have struggled to survive. What kind of perverted version of capitalism are we living in, right? Back to the Oculus uh, metaverse whole thing. Like, this isn't the metaverse. This is real life. This happened. And I don't see anybody in the streets up in arms. Um, <laughs> you, how, how long of an answer do you want? Um, hey, fire away. I have nothing to do for the next I mean, couple you of had hours. A, um, uh, well, we could go all the way back to the, the Great Depression and the, the unprecedented measures that were taken to confiscate gold and initiate the Tennessee Valley Authority and um, the collective measures and sacrifices that were made. But I don't think we're to that point in um, the war or the economic slowdown to justify that. And so uh, I guess I would point back to the global financial crisis and the precedent was set, that was set for too big to fail, right? Um, and it's funny, you know, I was looking at a report that I wrote 10 years ago because I was going back to like the, the last financial crisis. And when I uh, founded the the newsletter about being an outsider and, and sort of what that was all about. And, you know, it's the, it's the same thing that you just asked me, right? It was the bailing out of the, the banks that, that caused the crisis, um, not allowing them to fail and, and allowing a, a bastardization of, of the capitalistic system. And then... Um, you starting the road down the where we've uh, ended up now in the cul-de-sac spinning around the road of quantitative easing the road of uh, troubled asset relief the road of uh, sending out checks when uh, things don't go well and so uh, that's a time travel machine you have there going backwards not uh, looking into the future so um Really, that was the uh, kickoff of the the era that's going to take uh, 15 or 20 years to reconcile. And, um, you know, we're seeing, speaking of card games, some of the, the final cards <laughs> getting getting dealt, right? And so, um, yeah, what else? Um, should they shut down the exchange because, you know, somebody shorted nickel and, and got caught off guard? Absolutely not. You know, people should... Um, be able to go out of business when they bet the wrong way. I mean, that's sort of the game we're in. When I um, pick wrong or when I, you know, go long and stocks go down, I lose money. No one bails me out. No one comes and gives me money for the, the trades that go sideways. Um, and at the same time, I don't take on leverage or take on bets that could wipe me out. That's part of a, um, a smart asset allocation and risk management strategy. So, um, a lot of people are learning things that, uh, what did I say the other day? I was writing, you know, this recent events have shined a spotlight on things that I found with a flashlight 10 years ago. You know what I mean? So, um, and at the same time, there's not a lot to do if you were prepared. Like I saw Mr. Dine sent out uh, an yeah. alert this week and he's like, I don't know what to tell you, except, you know, get more defensive. I already got you in the golds. I got you out of the S&P. Like, what, what more can I tell you to do? And I'm sort of feeling the same way. I mean. I'm sitting over here in, in, in whatever, 30, 40% cash. And uh, my GDXJ I bought last week is already up 10%. And uh, Investing is easy. <laughs> right. When, when, it, when it goes, well, not that it's easy, but uh, you, <laughs> Joking, you, you try to explain to people, you know, how to get on the, uh, it, unfortunately, it's a bandwagon, right? Because when you tell people before the bandwagon leaves, they, they don't want to hear it or they don't want to believe you. And then when... <laughs> When nickel goes up like it does, then there's a commodity super cycle. <laughs> Imagine that. Imagine that. And, and bringing it back, let's 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 be very clear. It was Chinese nickel titan Sing Shan Holding Group that was short a hundred thousand tons um, of 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 nickel, and so he ended up with a paper loss that stood at around eight billion dollars on Monday. Not only was the exchange shut down and trades canceled 
but he was given a bailout, which is exactly what it is. We talked about bailouts, right? By JP Morgan. He was allowed to restructure loans and he was allowed to get lines of credit to make sure that he would be solvent and that he wasn't buried by the margin calls. I asked you all out there again, where is the outrage on this stuff? It is, it seems criminal to me that they allow this to happen. And, you know, I, I, I get it. The LME is now owned, you know, by Hong Kong exchanges and clearing, biggest shareholder in the Hong Kong government, uh, Chinese holding company, Chinese tycoon is the gentleman that's short, that's about to get his ass handed to him. Um, this isn't capitalism, folks. This isn't capitalism. It's not the way that it's supposed to work. And um, yeah, you know, I, I I don't know what else to say other than I, 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 I can't believe more people aren't outraged. Well, it's a taste of that, uh, what we always have been talking about recently, that growing uh, authoritarianism and, and draconian actions of, of, of Western governments and, and their relationships with uh, the largest companies that that fund them and the the revolving door that's uh, involved there. I mean, you go back uh, and look at Occupy Wall Street and, and the things that they were yeah. saying, and it's uh, you know it's exactly what you're um, saying now. Nothing has literally nothing has changed, and so there's a lot that still has to be uh, rectified as it comes to you know getting current people out of office and closing loopholes and letting banks fail. Uh, and it's also a taste of, of you know, uh, ultimate black swan scenarios, I guess I would say. Like you were saying the other week about uh, Putin doing a, a takedown of the grid or, you know, knowing what's in your uh, bank account. You've got think tanks now writing in a very real way that he could, you know, detonate a nuclear device above a city and, 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 and take down um, the grid. And, and, and I guess I just relate that to the pausing of trading on an exchange, right, because... Uh, in the fog of war or yeah well in the fog of war you don't know what measures are going to be taken what sanctions are going to be deployed and and what's going to happen next and so that's the reason i was digging up those old reports because i had lists of things you should right. do right and so um i'll publish some of those this week to, to foundational profits readers and, and they were pretty good man before i had kids i had much more attitude when i wrote <laughs> <laughs> You'll, you'll get your swag back here soon, Nick. They they, they grow quick. Listen, as someone who has a 23-year-old, an 18-year-old, and a 13-year-old, uh, they grow quick. And then, you know, you miss them being babies, and it, it happens fast. So enjoy it. I know it can be a, 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 a bit of a struggle, especially when they're close in age. But, man, it flies. Mm -hmm. It flies. It flies. Um, here we are almost 20 minutes in. We haven't talked gold or uranium. Gold, 2000, surged to 2065, 2070. Pulled back a little bit, but now it looks like 2000 or the high 1900s might be the new 1890s and 1900s, right? It's another hundred bucks up on the floor, it looks like. And um, look, with inflation rising 7.9% in February, I mentioned food and energy costs, highest in more than 40 years. Uranium is at $60. Um, a lot of people are getting caught flat-footed. I'm not taking joy in it. But we've been saying this for a very, very long time that you can either make money or get caught on the wrong side of it. Just got to position appropriately, people. And, and look, I am very, very, very comfortable and content with my allocations as it relates to the equities and, and, and the metal. And, you know, obviously, I always wish I had more. Uh, you and I both have, uh, you know, several mentors and friends that, you know, uh, they, 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 they would jump off a building if they owned the, the little bit of gold that I owned, right? They would say, what the heck happened to my gold? <laughs> so I always wish I owned more gold. But um, no, look, I'm happy with the portfolio allocation. I like where it's at. I think it's, it's, it's going to be a fun 2022, despite the volatility and the very real human toll that, of course, is, is, is continuing um, you know, to fall on again, not just not just the Ukrainian people, but Russian people as well. And, and you know, you mentioned um, Western governments and the dictatorship. And, you know, how do you <laughs> completely unrelated, but related to me? How do you arrest the leader of Wakanda? I didn't see that one. So I don't know. <laughs> well, let, let's talk gold. I'll, I'll go back to the leader of Wakanda <laughs> in a little bit. But talk about fucking dictatorship. What the hell? Um, what do you want to know about gold? Um, we've been saying it, overbought, it, it, oversold, good floor. What do you no, think? We've been saying that it's strengthening. It's uh, looking increasingly bullish. Obviously, searching to twenty sixty eight. 
uh, per ounce. Um, we've said as much. I told you I bought the junior miners for the liquidity last week, and I told you I bought them because of the volatility of not maybe not the volatility of gold, but um, the ups and downs, right? The, the $50 swings. So if it's yeah. $50 swings up or down, you're in a hundred dollar um, range. And so, yeah, you're right. $1,900 buy gold, $2,000 sell gold. It's sort of, um, you know, what stocks were for the past year or two, right? You know, sell the rips, buy the dips, and yeah. you're getting into that place in the, into gold and gold equities and uh, even other commodities and, and commodity equities. Um, you know, some of the big copper miners or mid-tier copper miners are, are moving very robustly. And same with the mid-tier juniors, you know, Hecla's up 30% yeah. in a couple of weeks. So um, those bigger ones are giving you the liquidity to, to get in and out. And so uh, gold looks very good. I would even be, you know, buying physical. I told you that a couple of weeks ago too, and maybe yeah. not, you know, putting it in your hand, but having it as, as an allocation, a, a paper allocation, because um, just like being in cash or, or being in um, bonds, it's, it's not going down and, and might even go up while the S&P remains down 12% um, for the year. And um, we also mentioned hedge funds failing recently. The, there was a Financial Times <laughs> article about it saying that on average, the hedge funds are down um, 2% for the year, which is better than the S&P is doing, but they're still down for the year. Um, and uh, some of them- And we're a quarter in. Yeah, yeah, I mean, we're getting to the end of the first quarter and, and some of those uh, will go away. And so it's interesting to see, you know, uh, who's who's too big to fail, who gets the special treatment. And you mentioned uh, the ownership of, of the exchange. And, and so it's it's not hard to, to figure that out, but um, gold looks good and, and silver starting to, to look good as well. And, and the PGMs are obviously very strong. So um, in times of uncertainty, not necessarily inflation, but certainly um, uncertainty, uh, gold is, is, is proving its metal as it were. Agreed, well said. Um, uranium had itself a week. Yeah, I wanted to keep it separate. Um, let me see if I can spin out an editorial that I won't have to write. Um, so you take your radium, I'll take gold. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I mean, it punched through uh, $60. So that's an important barrier or milestone because it hasn't been above there since um, it went below that threshold on the tail end of the downside from Fukushima. So um, despite scares, I would say, uh, multifold scares. So despite scares of nuclear war, which is related obviously to uranium, and despite scares of um, nuclear reactors being damaged inside the Ukraine um, or Ukraine, uh, uranium is, is still performing well. And I think that's, uh, there's a lot going on there. So let me just unpack it for a second. Um, if it is a nuclear war, then you've got more to worry about than your uranium stocks. And so I think the uh, the market, like I understand, Mr. Market, <laughs> that's kind of hubristic to say. But, you know, I think that that risk is sort of a side, right, because nuclear war, all bets are off anyway. And so uh, you look at the uh, the attacks, uh, the reported attacks or purported attacks on the, the nuclear reactors um, in Ukraine, and we haven't. Uh, seen elevated levels of uh, radiation, and there's been um, no reports of, of serious damage in the DOE here. Our DOE has said that um, the only thing they have to report is that the reactors have been, been shut down safely. And I think um, we should look at that as a testament to the safety of, of, of nuclear energy, that when yes. they're being bombarded mm -hmm. in the center of a war zone, that um, they are still safe. And so... Um, and, and, and that means relatively they're even more safe uh, when they're not being in the center of a war zone, right? So um, I was writing again this week as I found myself doing several times in the past that nuclear energy is the safest form of uh, electricity generation that humans have ever harnessed relative to the amount of electricity that it's uh, produced. And then um, ever is a, long it's a very time. long time. And then, you know, it's the same as like the, the prices that the Europeans are paying for energy, which is the other part of this that you've got to uh, continue to hit on. So uh, we still haven't sanctioned the, the Russian energy exports, right? Because Europe's still got to get its its gas from Russia. So um, 
that's sort of like the the thing that's dangling there. It's the elephant in the room. Like, when are they going to put the sanctions on the energy thing? Like, how serious are they? And that's the geopolitical chess that's above my pay grade because they're afraid, obviously, of how Putin is going to react. Right? Is he going to do that nuke over the uh, city to take down the the grid or whatever? And so you are in a very precarious um the situation geopolitically and when it comes to war but you're also and have been in a very precarious situation when it comes to energy supply and who you rely on to get it and so um i think the world is starting to take that more seriously and not just the world but uh, the united states when you see the announcements that we've talked about from the the white house mm-hmm. and and just people uh, understanding better uh, the supply chain vis-a-vis the shortages we've seen over the past um, couple of years, and 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 now they're starting to understand not just about China manufacturing, but also about where where resources come from. And so, um, <laughs> that was not unexpected. It's again catalyst that we've always put in the list of of catalysts that we put out there for bullish scenarios for the things we invest in. And so, um, I guess that's that's the end of the 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 uranium talk there. But. Um, if they do sanction, I guess just to wrap it up, you know, say we can't get uranium from Russia, the prices are going to go much higher because you got to incense supply to come on uh, in the Western world. And then utilities, I mean, uh, I think are going to just want to contract with Western uranium anyway. I mean, just look at businesses in the U.S. McDonald's sh- shutting down locations in Russia. Um, you know, we hired developers um, that are in uh, adjacent states, not uh, Belarus, yeah. but the service that we use for that is not letting you hire developers in like Belarus and Russia anymore, for example. And so yep. uh, companies have shown the the initiative and the uh, wherewithal to, to cut off business and, and forego revenue. And as that spills over, if that spills over to the energy space, um, you know, you're going to see fireworks and you've seen a, a little bit of that already, but, you know, not like we saw with um, oil in, in leading up to 2007 or not like we saw in a similar time frame with uranium and equities going up tens or even hundreds of thousands of percent. Uh, like we talk about with um, Paladin, where literally a thousand dollars could have turned into a million. And so, um when you talk about the the situations that are needed for those sort of returns, um, it's not, you know, the smooth sailing, no volatility situations. It's the, um, you know, the extreme fear and the extreme greed that, that lead to gains and, and percent moves like that. So uh, I think we're heading <laughs> into it. Yeah. So I live most comfortably. It's, it's a beautiful, beautiful sector. If you like volatility and you can trade around it, it's two very big steps forward. And then you always get a 50% step back, right? And so it's, it's you know, Twitter when used for good is, is a hilarious little tool that, that, that does amuse me from time to time. And there's nothing like a uranium pullback. It's just, it brings out the most fearful of fearful traders. And it's, it's, it's such a contrarian signal. Um, and and, and the, the, the other side is very similar, right? You get those 150% moves in a stock in a week and a half, and all of a sudden everybody thinks it's a clear shot to 100. Uh, never works out quite that way. But look, uranium supply demand fundamentals were very, very bullish before any of this started. North Korea just tested an intercontinental ballistic missile system. Oh, they're cute way. now. Take Take that for 2022. Anyway, (laughs) um, uranium was headed to 100 and 125, and I said as high as 200. I thought it would overshoot. 200 might be conservative if, um, you know, this this, this escalation of, you know, a resource war, which is essentially where we're at, um, continues. There's a very real war happening where lives are being lost and, you know, hospitals are being bombed and, 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 you know, people are losing everything they have including their lives and their loved ones' lives. But there's also a, 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 a sub-war, right, that not a lot of people are paying attention to if outside of the space. But when I see, you know, two presidents, Mr. Biden, Mr. Putin, rushing to see who's going to ban imports and exports of, uh, of, of, of uranium first, that, that, that's, that's, not, that's not inconsequential to either Russia or us or the rest of the world. It's a very material um, catalyst for the sector. So look, if, if I thought that uranium would overshoot to 200 and this continues and we do indeed ban um, or, or, or Putin decides that he's going to restrict exports 
of uranium until the end of the year. It can get, and pun, pun intended, explosive very, very, very no, quickly. Um, yeah, and it's important to know the, the ranges and um, be in tune with the, the stocks, the equities, uh, the existing ones, the ones that are being formed because of the, the situation that we're in. Um, and also to have a little bit of, um, you know, investing or, or trading chops from experience. Like, um, you know, uh, I guess I'll just give you an example, right? Like you mentioned the 50% pullback. I'm looking at a chart of, of, of Sky Harbor, right? You've got to have um, patience and know the levels. So, you know, I, I had investors in Sky Harbor, got to pound the chest a little bit, watch it run all the way up to over 85 cents. Uh, you see them start mm -hmm. to pull back uh, last fall, and, and you say, what, buy under uh, 45 cents and, and not a penny more. And the stock falls to, to 44 cents for like two days, right? And then, and then up to 85 yeah. cents over the next, uh, I don't know, six weeks or so. It's gone up by 100%. Um, yeah, not freaking out, uh, keeping the head and knowing why you're invested in the uh, stories you're invested in, right? Absolutely. Uh, and we could go on, right? We could pound our chest a little bit more. We'll leave it alone um, on that front. But we've had, you know, we've had some big wins this year. And look, a couple of mine have, have done that exact same thing. You know, surged to new highs, pulled back 50% before surging to new highs again. You could have got shaken out of those positions a couple of times if you weren't in tune with management and the catalyst and the structure and the reasons why those pullbacks were happening. And so important to keep your finger on the pulse or to pay someone that will do it for you, right? Um, what else should we talk about? Cryptos seem boring again. You know, we used to have, uh, I think we went for a year and a half yachting at gold. Now gold is sexy. Girl is shaking right now. And, um, eh, cryptos just kind of like, not, not all of them, but you know, Bitcoin, the big ones are just kind of sitting there kind of waiting, um, to see what the next shoe to drop is. I, I, I realized that the U S had some guidance on wanting to establish clear and transparent protocols and we talked about this a bit you talked about this a bit last week you know the pros and cons of that any 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 thoughts on on what came out this week have you had time to do i, I haven't but what i'd say is um the same thing with being in tune with the the uranium equities and, and knowing the levels and why you're invested is playing out in the in the crypto space and we're applying the uh, same approach to that. I mean, you know, uh, Chris was writing, you know, when Bitcoin went back up to $45,000 the other week, it, it's not, it's not going to stay there unless it breaks through. So, um, and also that it's correlating highly with uh, the stock market, which I just told you is down 12% for the year. So um, as volatility remains in the stock market, I, I think you, you continue to see that in, in the cryptos. And the other thing that's happened is you got the CPI number, uh, today, we already knew inflation was the highest since 1982. I mean, that's sort of where it's been. But the last time the, the number came out, Bitcoin mm -hmm. sort of reacted to the downside as well. And so that's what I mean by the shifting of the narrative or the, the cyclicality or the cycles of stuff, right? When it's now time to buy the dip in gold and gold equities, um, where it was time to do that last year in equities and, and crypto. That's just not the investment year environment you're in uh, right now. And that's not to say the S&P isn't a good long-term investment. And that's not to say Bitcoin isn't a good long-term investment. That's just about uh, buying what's going up when it's going up and not buying what's going down when it's going down. So uh, it's that's the macro environment that, that we're in for uh, cryptos right now. But they're still being used, I would like say. It. So, you know, over 100 million bucks has gone to the Ukraine via cryptocurrencies. And so um, mm -hmm. and we've talked about, obviously, the the Canadian truckers uh, in a couple of episodes. And so if anything, you know, if it is a boring time for cryptos, it's a it's a proving time for cryptos, because if people mm -hmm. had questions about how do you use them or what's their utility or what can I really buy with them? Well, you've seen some very concrete and. And I would say inspiring examples in the, in the past couple of months about how mm -hmm. cryptos can truly be used, not to buy a pack of gum, but to uh, fund international, um, you know, uh, lawyers for, for people that you think are being persecuted unfairly or to uh, buy food and protective gear for people uh, fighting for their freedom in Ukraine or to circumvent uh, the eye of the government from telling you where you can donate funds to. And so 
Um, those are three very important ways that you can use and, and deploy crypto and, and, and the ways aren't, aren't, aren't going away. I'd say they're only being uh, developed uh, regardless of the, the price. <laughs> Biden should give Trump a cabinet position just for a couple of months during this Russian Ukraine war. <laughs> what is Trump going to do? Say what you say about the Trumpster. He was real good about getting hostages that other governments took from, you know, overseas that were U.S. citizens and getting them back because people were scared shitless that he was going to push the wrong button. <laughs> I bring this up because WNBA star Brittany Griner was arrested over three weeks ago in Moscow. For those not familiar, she is a WNBA superstar who makes the league maximum, which is... $222,000 a year here in the U.S. And so in the offseason, she spends four months a year in Moscow playing for the equivalent league, right? The Russian Women's Basketball Premier League and makes more money in those four months playing overseas than she actually does here at home. And so she was going through an airport checkpoint and a canine allegedly found a vape with a cart, couple of cartridges of, you know, essentially cannabis oil, um, oil derived from cannabis. She's facing five to 10 years in prison, has been locked up for the past three weeks um, without being allowed any kind of counsel or, you know, public viewing. This is a U.S. citizen one. Two, if we're gonna play the class card, she's an NBA superstar, high profile, I haven't heard much in the news. I don't know if her family asked that, you know, they're, 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 that they weren't public about what's going on, if there are negotiations going on. But I know when the Trumpster was in charge, <laughs> he said, say Candyman three times, motherfuckers, and people got back, you know, whether it was hostages in North Korea or, 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 or he, he got um, an ASAP Rocky out of prison. He was in a Swedish prison for three, four weeks. Got him out of there. Pardoned Little Wayne when they wanted to lock Little Wayne up for four years for gun possession in New York. Got him out of prison. So maybe there's a cabinet post some, somewhere for Mr. Trump. Maybe he could be like Biden's like foreign policy enforcer guy. The guy that you send when you're done fucking around. Well, I'm not an expert on foreign policy. <laughs> and maybe Neither it would bring the, the two sides together. I saw the the, the lady from the, the WNBA who was arrested. It was making the rounds over the weekend, but I think like everything else is just um, dissipated from the news cycle. You have to think that's entirely politically motivated, right? And so um, we'll see Are if you? it comes, uh, develops into a bigger story, depending on what happens uh, here in the next couple of weeks. But, you know, I forget what Trump has been saying. He's been uh, running his mouth a little bit at, at Mar-a-Lago, but I don't, I don't pay much attention. Uh, we'll see. It's almost time to start the campaign trail for whatever's next, 2024 or whatever. <laughs> here, here we go. Here we go. All right, let's talk about the leader of Wakanda. And of course, I'm not talking about, you know, the actual leader of Wakanda. I'm talking about the fucking director of the movie, right? Was in Atlanta working on Black Panther Part 2. And Black Panther Part 2 is called Wakanda Forever. Um... The gentleman's name, the director is named Ryan Coogler. <laughs> I've seen the body cam footage. This guy goes inside the bank. He's got his mask on. He's still complying with all whatever mandates, you know, or requirements or recommendations the bank has. He has his ID in hand. He has his deposit slip. He writes a note on the deposit slip because he was looking to withdraw $12,000 from his account. He says, uh, can you please count it discreetly because of the amount of money? Obviously, if you're withdrawing that kind of money, you don't want the teller just making it rain in front of all the other customers, right? You want them to be discreet. Like, can you just, you know, do the thing and just hand me my money and my little... You don't want to make it go burr? And so... No, no, <laughs> no, not, not in the daytime, not in the bank. In Atlanta, yes, haven't been heard. It's amazing. Anyhow, so he's in there and he slides a little piece of paper, ID and all. The bank teller looks at this guy and hits the panic button. And... The, the manager calls 911. So these two cops arrive. And I mean, Mr. Kugler was the most polite guy under those circumstances. Um, 
put your hands up. He puts his hands up, put your hands behind your back. He complies. Like, what? why are you arresting me? They're like, um, you know, you're, you're, you're arresting you for, for attempting to rob this bank. It's like, what are you talking about? Like, my ID is right there. You can just go check the name on my ID. You'll see that I have an account here. I've, I've banked here for, for almost a decade or however long, for years, he said. Um, and, and clearly, this is the director of Black Panther. I think he had it, right? I, 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 I don't think he was, you know, trying to jack him for $12,000. So he goes outside and the and the and, and the officer cuffs him and they throw him in That's the back crazy. of the car. And and again, he was the politest. He goes, in a couple of minutes, you're lawsuit. gonna run my ID. Yeah, you're gonna run my ID and you're gonna realize that you're making a big, big mistake. And uh, you know, the guy is a class act. I was reading the article. Um, Bank of America says, we deeply regret that this incident occurred. It never should have happened. And we have apologized to Mr. Kugler. Um, he is a class act. He said the situation should have never happened. However, Bank of America worked with me and addressed it to my satisfaction, and we have moved on. No lawsuit. What no about nothing. the police? I mean, what were they arresting him for? What was the crime? Oh, I would have been attempted I robbery been, of the bank. Oh, I, I would have been ah. livid. I'm livid for him. I'm livid for him. Like, are you serious? I'm saying you're bringing my business to Bank of America. I have millions of dollars. I, I probably shouldn't even have a Bank of America account anymore at this point, right? With the amount of money he's made from not just Black Panther, but other works Fuck that, that, that he's been very successful. <laughs> Fuck that bank is right. <laughs> Fuck that bank is right. So kudos to him for being a class Wait, act. hold on. Um, go ahead. And, and, no, go ahead. Yeah. No, 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 no. I was just going to say, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm impressed with, uh, you know, just how, how kind and how, uh, how, how discreet he, he's been about the situation. Uh, um, I would have been pissed. I'd love to know what the officers arrested for. I want to talk about the bank teller for a second. Mm. Um, so, uh, first of all, and uh, God, it's going to be actually long. Um, you know, <laughs> <sip> of water. <laughs> ba bank tellers are, um, young on the whole. And I don't, I don't know anything about this case, Gerardo. So a lot of generalizations coming at you. They don't make a lot of uh, money. They're at the lowest rank on the totem pole uh, in the bank, and, and they don't know a whole lot. And um, they don't interact a whole lot with people because we know the majority of transactions are done um, either online or via uh, ATMs uh, these days. They're also trained to be um, <laughs> the front lines against terrorism, <laughs> right? With the um, the alerts they're supposed to watch out for either for people trying to bounce checks or uh, scam elderly people um, or uh, transfer over a certain amount of money uh, from their account in a single transaction, which they're supposed to report, you know, anything after 10 exact, exactly. Right. So, um, you know, again, generalizations, but, you know, it's a $12,000 is a lot of money, I can imagine, to, to, to a bank. It's a lot of money in general, sure. but it's a lot of money to a bank teller. I can only imagine they, they think that's a lot of money. Uh, I don't know what color the, the gentleman is. I can only imagine. He's black. Uh, right. As was one of the uh, arresting officers, which is why I think well, that, the director was like, oh, your family's going to fucking give you some shit for this, so you're arresting <laughs> me, motherfucker. <laughs> fucking Leonardo Wakanda, you're arresting me? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. And so, you know, the, the teller, she was either scared or he, I don't even know, or they thought they were busting like the crime of the century, right? Um, because they're trained to think that way. Like, I have a good friend who was a, a teller and then managed a Wells Fargo branch for a long time. And yeah, man, they're always looking for the the errant $500 check or whatever the scam is, right? <laughs> so I can just envision the, the mentality. And, and you wonder why people... Um, don't want to go to banks anymore, right? Like I loathe going to a bank because I just know the quality of the of the service that I'm going to have to deal with when I go there, and it's not high. Um, <laughs> and unfortunately, it's across all banks, um, and it's with the people that they staff their branches with. And uh, to some extent, I think they they undertrain them to 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 make you angry, just like Bank of America uses the most illegible font known to man in their credit card statements, so you can't read that shit legibly, right? It's all um, by design, and then you see the the fruits that it, that that design bears when the dumb fucking teller presses the button for a twelve thousand dollar withdrawal from somebody that has it. But the dumbass of the week award does not go to that teller or those police officers. The dumbass of the week award goes to Mary Elizabeth Coleman. 
Representative Mary Elizabeth Coleman from the fine, fine state of Missouri. <laughs> and so, remember a few weeks ago when I told you it was a slippery slope to all of a sudden allow an Attorney General, Ken Paxton, and a sitting governor, Governor Abbott, to get together over scotch and decide that Ken Paxton was going to write a legal opinion that said that if you provided any... Uh, services to transgendered kids as it related to treatment or any kind of uh, medication to help with transitions that you as the parent would be investigated for child abuse, felony child abuse. And then, you know, about a month and a half ago, they, they basically made all abortions legal in the state of Texas by making it to where random people from out of state could just sue you if you even asked a provider a question about an abortion, aiding and abetting, you could be sued for a minimum of $10,000 if you aided and abetted um, or inquired into potentially getting an abortion in the state of Texas. So they've tried to make it to where it's just, you know, <laughs> next to impossible. Again, if you're not rich and you can't leave the state um, to get an abortion here in the state of Texas. And so now Missouri is piggybacking on this. And, and they're calling it the vigilante loophole in Texas, um, which was the six-week abortion ban, saying anything after six weeks um, is, is, is illegal, right? And so what this lady did, um, Mary Elizabeth Coleman, she sent several bills that are awaiting debate on the House floor, making it to where if you not only want an abortion in the state of Missouri, you can go to prison. But you also can't go to any other state if you're from Missouri, if you're a citizen of Missouri, or you're going to go to prison. And what they're doing is they're enabling snitches. They're allowing they're the same thing they did here in Texas. Now, she's copying this in Missouri and saying, if we find out that you are leaving the state or planning to leave the state, any citizen from anywhere in the world could drop a tip, be followed up on, and they can sue you for $10,000. And send you to prison. In America? In Missouri? This is some like crazy, you would think, third world repressive, you know, dictatorship. Um, I, I'm at a loss for words by how brash this is. It's insane. It's, it's absolutely amazing. I mean, it goes against uh, everything that's American, all the, the freedoms that we uh, know and 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 uh, presumably take for granted. Um, I, I don't even know what else to, to say about that, uh, other than it's absolutely in, insane, and that uh, not only the the logic behind it and and why you would uh, want to do that, but also um, that you're allocating government resources to following up on uh, things like that. It's it's just beyond me, given the. Uh, things that we're facing here in, in our country and elsewhere, not only the, the stuff that we've talked about on this podcast, but, you know, whatever, the healthcare, homelessness and, and inequality that you want to uh, chase up people who are seeking uh, things for their medical well-being. It's no, it's it's insane. Um, that's the best word for it. And um, yeah, if it's another reason that privacy and, and, and separating yourself from government is, is more and more in the fore, right? I mean, um, look, I don't think whether uh, you're red or blue, and then this is, you know, sort of one of my main pillars, it's like, uh, is the, the independence from the government, because and neither side truly has your, your well-being in mind and, and spends their time uh, enacting uh, laws that aren't to your benefit, but more meant to to control you. Uh, and then, you know, as we've talked about in this podcast and, and others, bailing out the, their friends and the corporations and not following up uh, the atrocities that, that have broader implications and, and harm more people, like uh, the Prince of fucking England, for example, like you mentioned at the beginning of the uh, hour, uh, settling... Uh, with millions of dollars to to rape young girls um and then uh, all the way on the the bottom side of that in podunk fucking 
Missouri making laws so uh, girls that uh, potentially were raped can't uh, seek medical care that in they require or out of the state. In or out of the state. Yeah. Let me read the exact language. The language, <clears throat> it would not only allow citizens to sue anyone who performs an abortion for a Missouri resident, but anyone who helps or even attempts to help a, a Missouri resident seek an abortion in or out of the state. And so, you know, the, the, the article that was reading, it's really interesting. They, 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 they talk about the analog to this law, which was the fugitive slave laws, right, back in the days, which required the recapture and return of enslaved people who made it to free states, right? So slavery was outlawed and abolished in certain states and, and slaves, you know, went to those states. And so they just passed a law that said, hey, if you come across a free slave, there's another law over here that says, even though slavery is abolished and they're free, that you have to recapture and return them or or you're you're at risk of arrest. And so, you know, that kind well, of like stoking of like fucking passions is in part what led to the Civil War. You know, you're on the right side of history and ethics when you're citing slave laws as your precedent. From the late 1800s. Fucking unreal. In 2022, you would think... I was in there, but no, I'm in Bizarro World. I'm in, I'm in this real life. It's still going on. It's more stable in here, everyone, than it is out there. How is that? People wanna, that's why people want to live in the metaverse. Man, what are you looking for in the markets this coming week, Nick? Fucking Fed meeting, Gerardo. Dun, 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 dun. He, he already forever. told us 25 basis points, baby. That's what he said. You think he'll do it? I think he has to, but. I want, I'm more interested in, in what the market does if he does. You don't think it's priced in? Um, no, you got the U.S. 10-year over over 2%. Um, I want to know if they corroborate, corroborate his his increase in, in, in Fed rates. I mean, um, if they stay where they are or if they go back down, as, as, as I've been talking about. And, um, yeah, I want to see the language that he, he uses yeah, yeah. Uh, alongside that. Yeah, I, I, I do want to see this, the, the, the language. I think that's going to be, you know, the, the, the real important part there, right, is, is how they talk about future hikes and how dovish or hawkish, and I hate to break it down to those two stupid adjectives, but um, how dovish and hawkish the Fed sounds. Um, it'll, be, it'll be interesting, especially in light of the commodity moves, right? I mean, it hasn't just been gold and uranium and you know, silver and nickel, it's, it's been, you know, palladium's been surging. Wheat's at all-time high, $12, $13 a bushel. Pump gas lately. Good gracious. Ooh, Ooh is right. Yeah. I just drove to Bozeman. I pumped it a few times. It was 700 miles one, one way. Oof. Yeah, a lot, a lot. What am I looking forward to? Uh, yeah, I, I think the Fed meeting, I think, has got to be the main event. Really curious to see how quickly uranium goes from 60 to 75. There's not a lot of resistance. No, that's what, yeah. I mean, we were saying in the uranium portion, there's nothing above on the chart right now. Yeah, and all the reason for it to go higher. Free get your money's worth tip of the week for everyone. A company that both Nick and I wrote checks for at lower prices a couple of times uh, is now public, a uranium company. I already sent this to paying subscribers. So I'll give you the free tip. Labrador Uranium, um, ticker symbol L-U-R. I think has a market cap roughly of like 45 to 49 million right now. Big, big, big land package. Phenomenal team. Going to get a lot of work done. This your historic resource in place. I think that's one of the still very undervalued uranium companies given today's price backdrop, right? There's a lot of companies that are still going to continue to do very, very well with the coming uranium mania. But this one, I actually think if you do, you know, exploration company comps with peer companies, uh, there's value today. And so Labrador Uranium, that's your free uh, free tip of the week. I agree that it has significant upside as well. That's all we got. I am Gerardo Del Real, along with my co-host, Mr. Nick Hodge. This was episode 160 of Bizarro World. Be kind to each other out there, folks. Say bye, everybody, Nick. Team Transitory, you got your ass absolutely run off the field. You were wrong all along, and you should admit it and have to wear a scarlet letter for the rest of your professional careers. See ya. We should send them all to Atlanta and make it rain at them. <laughs> <laughs> See ya.